GamesillaMedia.com. Noise Land Arcade. Welcome to this week's episode of Noiseland Arcade. My name is Craig WK, and with me is my buddy, the Arcade Phantom. How's it going, everybody? Sean, how are you? I am fantastic. Craig, how are you? I'm doing okay, thank you. Uh, are, are you feeling summer? This episode makes me feel a little summery. You know, this episode does have a very summery kind of feel to it. Uh, from the opening to, you know, throughout the whole uh, uh, concept of the episode, uh, today we're talking about the Dead Putting Society. D- Dead Poet Society, right? Uh, no, it's not a uh, 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 depressing movie by Robin Williams. It is instead Dead Putting Society. It is uh, uh, a very golf-themed episode from The Simpsons. Sean, when did this first air? This episode first aired November 15th, 1990. Yeah, so uh, just to sort of set the stage for what was going on around then, Sean, I, I, I you know, I, I frequently go delving into the Detroit Free Press for news from that time in order to, you know, figure out kind of what was going on in the world. And uh, uh, around that time, uh, there was actually an article that popped up. Uh, a year-long study had uh, concluded and found that women were being shortchanged in the TV industry. At the time of the study, male drama characters outnumbered women two to one. Three percent of female characters were over 60. Uh, let's see, men comprised 85% of the producer roles, 91% of director roles, uh, and 75% of the writer roles. The report stated that despite, and this is quoting it, despite working women's breakthroughs on TV, too many female characters remain the extension of male fantasies. But don't worry, Sean, I'm sure after this <laughs> this study came out that they started changing things for the better for women in the TV industry, right? They kind of already were at this time, though, because this is when Murphy Brown was in its heyday. You know, it's funny you say that because the article specifically mentions Murphy Brown as sort of one of the like kind of like uh, uh, sort of exceptions. Yeah, it's like the, the trendsetter to this where she was an uplifting female character who kind of led the show. But I mean, you know, it's I'm sure that they took this this study seriously and started doing things about it. Right, Sean? I'm just, well, I mean, they kind of did when you think about TV as a whole, mm-hmm. because Friends was the next big sitcom to come out after Seinfeld. Yeah. So Seinfeld's going to hit the big in a couple of years, and then Friends is going to be big. And all the cast on Friends got equal pay. That was something they fought for, is that every member of the cast got equal pay to each other. That's pretty cool. It's That, that is really neat. And, uh, uh, you know, like joking aside, you know, I think to this day, women aren't really... It's not, it's not totally even by any stretch of the imagination, but at least things are starting to shift into that direction. They're going to get a little better. They're going to get a better. A little. They're, they're, they'll eventually get better. Sean, what, uh, what have you got for us? So you might have felt summery watching this episode, yeah, but sure. I can make you feel winter. Oh, yeah? Because the day after this episode, November 16th, Home Alone opened in theaters. Wow, really? Yeah, Home Alone opened the day after this episode. Huh. That seems so weird because this is such a summary episode. And since we're a video game first podcast over here. Oh, sure, sure. Macaulay Culkin went on to be one of the head producers for Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove. What, really? Yeah, he's one of the producers <laughs> for it. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's so weird. So Macaulay <laughs> Culkin still had a presence in video games back in Home Alone and up to now. Good for Macaulay Culkin. Uh, so I... Uh, uh, with today's episode, I uh, just want to give you kind of a quick rundown here, Sean, before we delve into it. Uh, when a wager between Homer and his neighbor Ned Flanders gets out of hand, Bart is forced to contend with Todd Flanders in a miniature golf tournament. Yeah, that sums it up pretty well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, so the episode kind of opens up here, Sean, and uh, uh, immediately we're seeing... Uh, I, I want to say this is kind of a, a dated thing, but I feel like... Uh, maybe maybe some people still use them. Homer's using a push mower. So have you ever used a push mower in your life? I have never once used a push mower. I had an old neighbor who I used to mow her lawn for her. Because uh-huh. back in the day, I used to be a decent human being. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what was that like? Uh, it was a different time. Back before the dark times. Oh. But I used to mow the lawn for this old lady, and she had a push mower. Mm-hmm. So I'd mow the lawn for her. And it was the worst freaking thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> like you spend ten minutes, and you'd be like, "Oh, I got one line of what an automatic mower would get done." 
Oh, good. That's yeah. That's horribly depressing. Uh, it 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 really truly is. I, I've never been forced to use a push mower. Luckily, any any lawns I mowed when I was younger, you know, there was always an electric or, or gas, I should say, yeah. uh, uh, mower. Now I. I I also think that mower that I used was super rusty. So I think it was just like this rusty, pushy thing that I'm just going back and forth. Just come on. <laughs> oh, there goes a line. Good. Great. Let's do another. Uh, so so Homer's using the push mower. Uh, and it seems like maybe this is uh, typically Bart's chore. Because uh, uh, when, when Homer complains about the fact that he's stuck doing this, Marge says that Bart is working on his summer project and uh, really wanted it in and Bart yells out like yeah Homer genies at work and slams the window and all it is is him like what reading a comic book and and like watching a potato grow yeah he's watching potato grow that he's got over water still a potato <laughs> hasn't changed still a potato, <laughs> still a potato. <laughs> uh, and so oh yeah so Homer says a line that irritates me uh-huh. every time I watch this episode yeah, what's that he yells to Marge and goes, Marge, beer me. And it just irritates me the way he does it. He's such <laughs> a dick about it to Marge. If I was his wife, I'd be like, no, go get your own damn beer. Yeah, I probably would too. Uh, and, and we're going to see uh, 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 Homer get a little, even a little bit more aggressive with Marge here. Uh, so Ned Flanders is next door, of course, you know, his neighbor. And Flanders has this like giant bird feeder. Uh, his like, yard looks like Eden. Like it's just this gorgeous, gorgeous yard. And I, uh, I, you know, Flanders starts lecturing Homer I, I'm sure he's, he has good intentions, but he's trying to lecture Homer on like all this crabgrass he has. Like, oh, you know, I have, yeah, I, I can help you out with this, yada yada. And he's totally got good intentions because he even offers Homer some of the mulch to take care of the crabgrass in his yard. And, and he's of course, being a good guy. And, Flanders is totally a, the good guy in this scenario. Flanders is very, very typically de- like depicted as obnoxious throughout The Simpsons. But really, when you break down Ned Flanders' character, he is like the the only genuinely good person in the city of Springfield. Yeah, I would say so. Even Lovejoy's not as good as Flanders. Is. No, they're not. Even Maud is a little weird sometimes, and and sometimes a little goes a little overboard. Ned Flanders doesn't usually go overboard. I, uh, but I, uh, uh, what I I love is that I uh, I uh, Homer's defense of the crabgrass is that it's just that it has a bad name, and if they called it had a good name for it like Elfgrass, maybe they wouldn't. People wouldn't hate it. <laughs> And that made me think, I'm pretty sure in my Dungeons and Dragons campaigns, you guys are going to have to deal with elf grants at some point. I'm pretty sure I hate elves, and I already hate elf grants, <laughs> which is sad, because I think in Dungeons and Dragons, I've played every kind of elf that has ever existed. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. That's weird. But elves are just, they don't do it for me. But I always play them. Don't know why. Maybe because I'm a snobby character. You know, I think it's just you are a snob, and that extends into your I imagination. I not go that far, but thanks. <laughs> So when when Homer like yells that he wants this beer, Marge tells him that like you know they're he's all out or so, like something of that nature, and Homer's response is "Don't toy with me, woman," and it's like Homer, settle down, buddy. You're you're at an eleven. You need to be down at like a four max. Yeah, he's kind of right above that domestic violence level. Like he's getting pretty close. Yeah, it's a little weird. I uh, so. So Ned Flanders says, oh, hey, I've got beer at my place. And Homer doesn't like Flanders, but he does like beer. So Homer says something that I find really weird. Yeah. Flanders invites him in the house. Uh-huh. And he goes, well, we've been neighbors for, what, eight years? Sure, I'll come in. <laughs> He's never once been over. For eight years. You know, though, I will say I... Uh, I I had plenty of neighbors that I was pretty close with growing up. I uh, uh, the uh, I've told you plenty of stories of the uh, the neighbors across the street from me uh, who you know like watched me when I was really young and stuff after school and like they were friends of the family and to this day we're still friends with them. Uh, now the thing is though is there were plenty of other neighbors that I never went into their houses and stuff. No, but here's the thing: they were friendly to you, just like Flanders is friendly. I guess that's true. I, I mean... And Homer takes a lot of stuff from Flanders. You'd think he would go in there to take some of that stuff and be like, sure, I need a new TV tray. I'll take this, Flanders. I need a new camcorder. <laughs> so, 
Uh, so he goes into the base, uh, Flanders' basement, uh, which Flanders refers to as his like rumpus room. Uh, and his rumpus room has a bar, a trophy case, a pool table, foosball table, dartboard, train set, train set. Like, I'm sure it's probably for the kids, but, like, it's also in the room with, like, the bar and stuff. Adults can have a train set. Lovejoy has a train set. He does, and that's also weird to me. That's, like, a big thing for non-nerdy people to do is get into miniature trains. I've actually had a neighbor who used to have a train set in his basement. Non-nerdy? Uh, I, I feel like... Hey, don't be wrong. a different kind of nerd. Okay. <laughs> Don't be wrong. I think train sets are kind of cool. I always wanted one when I was a kid. Uh, when I was a kid, we had like uh, a broken train set like in my basement, like tucked away in storage. That was like my dad's like from a million years ago when he was a kid or whatever. And I always would see it and think like, oh, man, it'd be really cool to have a train set. Like, you know, have it run through like the basement or whatever. I, I always did think that was really cool. Uh, but there is a certain amount of, I think, like nerdiness to to like something like like uh, like miniature trains and stuff so how cool would a steampunk train and like a D environment be so you have it go through like elven towns and stuff and there's like ogres oh, that'd be pretty sweet that'd be pretty sweet so basically what be you're a ghost train from final fantasy 6 <laughs> oh my god that'd be so cool <laughs> so basically what you're saying is is i just need to get all my old uh ogre models from warhammer and throw them on a train set and i pretty much am good to go Woo! Woo! Ogre Express, baby. <laughs> Ogre Express. <laughs> that, that's going to show up in future D&D right there. <laughs> it's, all, it's all Ogre now. So, I... Uh, <laughs> so... So, I... Uh, uh, Homer goes over, and I... Uh, I gotta say, Homer really lets his temper get the better of him. Because, like... Uh, who, who is it? It's Todd. Todd uh, comes in, like tells him that he like you know loves his dad, and like you know that Flanders is like, oh, I'll help you with your homework later or something. I'm I'm helping your Uncle Homer out, or like you know me and Uncle Homer are, like hanging out or whatever. And Homer flips out. Maud comes in and offers him sandwiches, right. and he turns down sandwiches. Homer never turns down food. He blows up and implies that Flanders is rubbing everything in his nose. And Flanders is pretty upset, you know. Flanders tells him he's like, "Listen, you know, I, like this wasn't my intention. You gotta go. Like you're you're making a scene." I uh, because like it, it kills me because like after their fight, Flanders feels terrible. Yeah, he's pretty crestfallen. Flanders sees himself as a snarling beast. He kicked someone out of his home who flipped out on him and you know was just like being belligerent like i mean flanders was totally in the right yeah he totally was so, so flanders calls oh yeah so one of my favorite parts oh, yeah? happens when flanders is in bed uh-huh maud tells him maybe she's not the person he should be venting to and flanders says you know you're right and he goes to pick up his phone and you think he's gonna call homer and apologize <laughs> But he calls Revel and Lovejoy. Mm -hmm. Which, did you catch the people on his speed dial? Ooh, uh, who are on his speed dials? So his speed dial is the Reverend at work, uh -huh. the Reverend at home, mm -hmm. the recycling center, and the bookmobile. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the bookmobile on speed dial. Oh, Flanders. This world is is much too much too dark for you. This 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 world would be so much better with more Ned Flanders. So Ned Flanders calls up Reverend Oh now first off, hold on. Before we go any further, speed dials. Yes, yeah, speed dials are very nineties. <laughs> for those dials. kids listening, a speed dial is basically like when you program your cell phone to have somebody's number in it. But you had like four of them on your phone. So they were very specific. Yeah, it was basically just like a cell phone in that you had a number stored on your phone. But the phone could only store up to like, I, I think my phone at home, we thought was pretty impressive because you could have like up to eight. Yeah, we had a two-line phone that had eight as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and that was big to do. Yep. And even then, we didn't fill up the speed dial. It was basically like 911. Yeah, uh, 911 is always a speed dial number for people. I don't know why. We did it too. I guess it's it like it's sort of like, a, oh, every second counts if there's a fire or you're being robbed or murdered or something. I don't know. You would think 911 would be easy enough to dial. But anyway, it was like that. Like my grandparents. Oh, the family across the street we were friends with. 
So weird thing about like my grandparents weren't on our speed dial because mm-hmm. our phone number, our old home phone number used to be 422-8939 and my grandparents phone number was 422-8993. It's funny because I still remember your old phone number in my head. <laughs> I don't know why and it's funny because like if I if I hear it or if you ask me to say it I probably couldn't do it, but if you give me a dialer I can punch it in because of like muscle memory from calling you back at like middle school. That's actually really funny. I, I can't right? do that with anybody's phone number, not even my parents' phone numbers. <laughs> so, oh man! So I, I, so I, you know, Flanders calls Reverend Lovejoy, and he, I, I, you know, t- tells Flanders or. I'm sorry, Flanders tells Reverend Lovejoy about what happened and how he feels really bad. And uh, the Bible quote that uh, uh, Reverend Lovejoy gives him is Matthew 1919, which is honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself, which is the direct translation. They sort of paraphrase it a bit in The Simpsons. Yeah, that that makes sense. That's a good Bible quote to give in the scenario. Sure, sure. So here's my question Uh for you. Is this the first time we see signs that Lovejoy doesn't like Flanders? This is the only, what, the second or third time we've seen Lovejoy? Yeah, usually he's in church. Uh, yeah, we, we've only seen him a few times up to now. And yeah, this is uh, the, the the moment that shows that Flanders, and I mean, let's face it, through the, uh, uh, the, the nonverbal communication of, he has Reverend Lovejoy's, like, work number and his home number. Office number and, like, home number, right? Yeah. So, like, I mean, clearly Flanders bothers this guy a little too much. You know, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, priests and reverends and, you know, like religious figures in general, you know, they're there to help their community and stuff. But like, they need to have a life outside of that. Yeah. And Flanders uh, doesn't really worry about that too much. And, and you know, you can tell that he bothers him a bunch because, you know, Lovejoy is not very enthused to be getting a call late at night from Flanders while he's trying to sleep. Uh, the other uh, quote that we're given is... Uh, uh, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger, uh, which is Proverbs 1501. Uh, all these, of course, from the uh, the Bible. Uh, oh, that book. Yes, the Christian <laughs> Bible. I, I, I guess we didn't actually say, but, I, you know, it's, it doesn't hurt to, to mention it. Uh, so Flanders is, is excited that he's been given all this advice uh, when... I mean, I feel like Flanders knows the Bible as well, if not better, than Lovejoy. So you'd think that he would be able to figure that out himself, but whatever. That's what Lovejoy's there for, I suppose. And uh, Flanders decides to write Homer a letter. Uh, and the stationery, did you catch the name of that? I did not catch the name From of it. From the Noggin of Ned. Aw. <laughs> Homer's is Dear Dumb Things. I know that one by heart. <laughs> yes, yes. The, the dumb things I gotta do today. Yeah. Uh, so, I. Uh, Flanders uh, gives, uh, uh, or, or go, uh, I'm sorry, while this is happening, Homer uh, decides to take a walk, right? Yeah, he takes a walk around the neighborhood because he's upset. Uh-huh, he's, he's fired up, comes back and sees Flanders putting, like, the note, like, the letter in, like, underneath the, the, the door or whatever, or put it in, like, the mail slot. I think it was the mail slot. It could have been under the door. Yeah, and uh, and Homer, you know, he's immediately like, Flanders! And, like, you know, Flanders gets, you know, freaked out, and he's like, oh, I'm just giving you this, and that's it, you know, like, that's all, and he leaves. And the Simpson family has a field day with Flanders' letter. So this might be my favorite scene in this entire episode. Mm-hmm. I love that the entire family is laughing at this, except for Marge. Uh-huh. Marge doesn't laugh at this letter. But then she goes in the other room behind the corner after scolding everyone, and she starts laughing. <laughs> it shows that Marge is a Simpson, even though she puts on that adult face. She's just as goofy and silly as them. She is a Simpson, for sure. Uh, the, the line that just kills them is, I feel a great sadness in my bosom. <laughs> Bosom. <laughs> and when I was younger and I saw this scene, I immediately related to The Simpsons. I was like, oh my God, that's hilarious. What a dweeb. That's so funny. And then, but like nowadays, I, I mean, yeah, that's, it's very weirdly written. But like Ned Flanders writes a letter to Homer to apologize for Homer freaking out for no reason. Flanders apologizes for Homer freaking out for no reason. Bosom. <laughs> and bosom. Bosom. <laughs> and uh. so uh, they laugh it off. 
And Homer uh, offers everyone miniature golf and frosty chocolate milkshakes to bring the family together. But Marge has to wash her hair. Uh, Lisa needs to study for a math fair uh, so she can win a new protractor. Which Homer doesn't know what a protractor is. (laughs) Too bad we don't live on a farm. (laughs) So Homer takes Maggie and and Bart uh, because Bart doesn't have any plans. Now, there's a few things I'd like to uh, uh, touch base on here. Did Marge just give Homer the old I'm washing my hair excuse and she can't spend time with him? I'm imagining she actually is washing her hair. She's got a lot of hair. For the record, I have one time been given that excuse in dating. That they couldn't go on a date with me because they were too busy to watch their hair that night. That's actually awesome. I've it's, never gotten that excuse. I, I have. And at that point, I immediately knew, oh, no, she just hates me. Because <laughs> there's <laughs> there's no way she doesn't. Nobody would ever use that excuse in reality unless they didn't want to spend time with you. Uh, and uh, the other thing uh, that I thought was kind of interesting about this is uh, Homer takes Maggie. So... That I didn't think as weird as something else that you didn't bring up there. Huh. Homer takes Bart where he was conceived. That's a weird <laughs> thing to think about. This is where Bart is conceived. He is conceived at this windmill that we see them at. Yeah. You know, I didn't that didn't even cross my mind. You're right. That is a little weird that he decided, let's go to the place where we conceived our firstborn child. Come on, accident, let's go. <laughs> So, but no, the... Do you know what Bart's middle name is? Accident? It's gotta be. If you're an accident, they make you do it. I, I've heard that's true. That's what my parents told me. Sean Accident. The Arcade Phantom. Uh, <laughs> Sean the Accident Phantom. Uh, so, uh, what I thought was kind of interesting, though, is the fact that uh, uh, Homer takes Maggie, and Homer is not usually the type to, to like do a lot of parenting so this essentially has given not only of course lisa but of course marge a day off from dealing with the kids essentially yeah uh which normally doesn't happen you don't see that from homer a lot so i thought that was fairly impressive we we really have kind of rail on homer for being a crummy father and a crummy husband but in moments like this it's like oh it's not so bad Marge might have railed him off screen and been like, take the damn kid. And you know that could be too. Uh, so they go to uh, Sir Putzalot, Merry Old Fun Center. Uh, and there's, of course, an E at the end of center. It's, you know, uh, it's got uh, ye go-karts, Her Majesty's batting cage, Merlin's video dungeon, and skee-ball that is two arcades in The Simpsons. Uh, we have Noiseland Arcade and Merlin's Video Dungeon, which is what we could have named our show, Sean. God, that would have been a cool name, too. Merlin's Video Dungeon. Oh, that should have been the Patreon name. God. Hindsight's <laughs> <laughs> 2020. When we make a spinoff show, it'll become Merlin's Video Dungeon. Uh, now, also, remember mm-hmm. when arcades were a huge thing and you didn't have to drive like 40 minutes to go to an arcade? Yeah, it was sweet. Like, every mall had one. We had malls. It was really weird. I used to go into like my local liquor store, and they would have a Street Fighter Two cabinet I could play. Now the the party stores around me, I don't think had uh, 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 arcade machines, but like the the pizza place near me did. Uh, there's a Pizza Hut. Oh yeah, that one uh, had the Simpsons arcade. Actually. Yeah, it did. Uh, yeah, the, they had the Simpsons arcade. Uh, yeah, it, it, there was like roller rinks where there were arcades and stuff. Like arcades were way more common in the '90s. Okay. I kind of want to go back to a roller rink and see if they still have the arcade, but I feel like I'm going to be a creep as an adult going to a roller rink. <laughs> hey, kids, is there an arcade at your roller rink? Oh, I don't think we're allowed to talk to strangers, mister. I ain't a stranger. I'll help you roller rink. I just want to go back and see that old arcade that I used to play, like, Alien vs. Predator and World Heroes, <laughs> which I'm sure won't be the same at all. Oh, no, I'm sure that they probably sold them or switched them out for, like, I don't know, like the, the buck hunting arcade you and the golf arcade oh, God. that you see tea. everywhere. Golden tea. Yeah, you see everywhere. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Sean, I, I did want to uh, uh, bring up uh, one of the sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, obstacles in the the put, this putting range, the uh, uh, miniature golf range, the boxing crocodile. 
What's wrong with boxing crocodile? Crocod- Nothing. It, but it is incredibly iconic to me as a Simpsons thing because I had the card of it. You know how we talked about the Simpsons cards, the trading cards that they yeah. made? I had the one with the boxing crocodile. And so for some reason, that boxing crocodile is really like associated with the image of the Simpsons to me. But it's just an anthropomorphic crocodile with boxing gloves. Okay, what maniac at probably tops who made all the cards was like, you know what we need for these Simpsons cards? That boxing crocodile. <laughs> we absolutely need the boxing crocodile. Flanders, Barney. No, no, no. Give me that boxing crocodile. That's what the Simpsons is about. But, but you know what? I mean, I don't blame them because it's it's a, you know, like you, you have like tops made like, you know, the training cards of like the Marvel characters and, and DC characters and all this other stuff. But there are so many characters in that for like the Simpsons. What do you have? You have the Simpsons. You have Moe, Barney, Mr. Burns, Smithers, Lovejoy, Flanders. I mean, there's a million side characters, and you can do them in a million different things. At this time, though, there weren't that many introduced side characters. Like, you could see them in the background every so often, but, like, they didn't really get that established until later. So, like, they went with Boxy Crocodile. Well, I mean, you could have Krusty. You could have Krusty with his relatives. Krusty (laughs) posing for trading card photo. Touche, touche. Also, uh, for all of our fans out there, I think Upper Deck was the one who made Marvel cards. If there's like a huge card fanatic, I think it was Upper Deck. Oh, who made them. <laughs> you know what? Uh, Upper Deck might have been the ones who did it. It was Tops or Upper Deck or uh, wasn't there another? I feel like there's another card company. I don't know. Trading cards were a big thing back in the nineties. <laughs> really were. They were huge. I uh, now we just have. Uh, what Magic the Gathering? <laughs> That's Magic the <laughs> Gathering, Yu Gi Oh, Pokemon, Pokemon, yeah. I uh, okay so I uh, so Homer and Bart are playing and and you know Bart teases them and it's like you know play it where it lays Homer uh there's also a sign that says please do not destroy or bang putters against obstacles or figures thank you management uh and so Homer's freaking out he's not very good at this uh and Ned sees Homer he's there with Todd and he's going to to use this opportunity to make amends with Homer so I thought this was weird mm-hmm. because he's there with Todd yeah. Where's Rod? Is Rod with Maud? Oh, I know where Rod is. He's studying for a math fair. You think he's a math fair kid? Oh, I bet he's a math fair kid. Like, who, like he's got to be a math fair kid, right? He does go to uh, Springfield Elementary. We very rarely see the Flanders kids at uh, Springfield Elementary. They're in different classes than Bart and Lisa. But we do see them every now and then. They're in the background every so often, and we know Ned Flanders is the head of the PTA. Yep. And he wouldn't be if he was at a religious school, but why wouldn't he be at a religious school? That actually gets retconned on the fan uh, fiction seasons. Really? Yeah, once Nedna becomes a thing, she wants the kids to go to school because she wants them to go to public school because they're going to a religious school. And Flanders is like, I don't know. And she's like, what, is my school not good enough? I mean, it's not. That is an episode. That is actually an episode (laughs) of Fan Fiction Simpsons. (laughs) So weird. Oh, man. So... So, uh, uh, you know, Ned's going to make amends with Homer. Uh, Homer is too busy being a giant ape, as we see the ape statue in the background and Homer imitating it, essentially, by waving his arms around angrily. Uh, uh, and so Ned and the Toddmeister uh, decide that they should challenge Homer and Bart to, uh, uh, you know, uh, miniature golf. And uh, does, is it Bart that says get bent to Todd? I believe so. I don't remember entirely what Todd says to to instigate that, but uh, you can tell Bart is also like Homer. He does not like the Flanderses. There's a weird thing where in the early seasons, it kind of breaks away from it later on, but Bart is kind of growing into Homer. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of parallels between the two of them. Yeah. The episode with uh, Truckasaurus, when we get to it, you see that fully on screen with them both watching wrestling at the same time. Yeah, that's very true. I... Yeah, there are definitely a lot of parallels between Bart and Homer, despite the fact that Bart hates that. Uh, so the they start playing together, and uh, 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 on the particular course, uh, uh, Homer says that Jack Nicholson himself couldn't make the shot. I love that line, because there are so <laughs> many people, when we worked in a grocery store, mm-hmm. who would, remember when they put out Arnold Palmer, and then they had the Jack Nicholas mm-hmm. version? And people would be like, give me that Jack Nicholson, Arizona. Yep. Jack Nicholas is the golfer. Jack Nicholson is a uh, world-renowned actor. 
Uh, Jack Nicholas uh, is hailed as one of the greatest golfers of all time. Uh, he's won the most PGA championships uh, at 18 in his career. Uh, and yeah, he's, I, I mean, I'm sure Jack Nicholson's probably a pretty good golfer. I, I bet he is, but he ain't no Jack Nicholas. It's very true. <laughs> uh, also, Jack Nicholson doesn't have his own drink named after him. Or does he? I don't, I don't think he does. I think he should have one, though. Shouldn't he? I mean, he should probably have alcohol in yeah, it. Yeah, there should be a Jack Torrance. <laughs> Jack Torrance drink. If there's any alcoholic out there who knows what a Jack Torrance is, please let me know, because it, I will drink it. I think it's just whiskey straight, right? Whiskey with the one soul <laughs> on the side. <laughs> whiskey with your soul on the side. Uh, so... Uh, they they end up playing together. Uh, Todd shows that he's actually pretty good at uh, uh, miniature golf. Uh, the final score uh, is Bart with 41. And I did up a little bit of math here for us, Sean. Okay. So if Homer had six on each of the 18 holes, uh, he'd end up with a score of 108. What's his score at on there? What's that? What's his score listed at in the episode? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 they start doing the math, and then like Homer just tells them to like knock it off. Okay, because uh, uh, typical mini golf is either eighteen or nine holes, so it could be a nine hole course. Oh, so it might be less than that. Yeah, might be less than that. I, hmm, I'm not entirely sure. I, I, I didn't really add up all of the the spots in the miniature golf thing to see if there's eighteen of them. I, hmm. Oh well. I. I remember my dad was kind of cheap when we were growing up, and if there was ever a nine-hole miniature golf, he didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, that was a thing where he's like, oh, we're only getting half what we paid for. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So uh, they probably did 18 holes, because I could see Homer doing the exact same thing. Yeah, probably. I could see that. Uh, so I, uh, I, you know, I, uh, uh, there's a, a sign that they see, and I... Uh, $50 and free balloons for everyone who enters. Todd is like, $50? And Bart's like, wow, free balloons. I love that they enter this contest. And mm-hmm. they're both kind of happy about it. And the parents. The parents are where it goes off. <sighs> yep. Uh, oh, uh, by the way, uh, fourth place, uh, if you if you caught it, is uh, half off a snow cone. Ooh, half off a snow cone. I could go for a snow cone. And when was the last time you had a snow cone? Like a million years. I've not had a snow cone in a million years. God, it's been forever. They're delicious. I, I mean, I like them. I just, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of ice cream these days, I suppose. I wish I could have more. Snow cones don't have any ice cream in them. They're just liquid and ice. I guess that's true. I don't know. I, I don't, I, I, I do really like those Italian ices and, and a lot of that kind of stuff. I just, I don't know, I, I don't ever really think to buy it at the grocery store because I said I need to be more of an adult and buy more non-dessert things. Nah, you, you're an adult. You can actually have <laughs> dessert for breakfast now. I didn't even think of it As that way. As an adult, you can go in and go, I don't want cereal. You know what I want? I want a cake. Give me a coconut <laughs> cake for breakfast. I don't want cereal. I want an entire cake. Uh, I've done that more than once. I will admit to that, where I've been like, I'm going to get a coconut cake, like one of those little four by four cakes, and I'll be like, that's my breakfast. I'm I, I'm not going to say that I didn't do it because I'm not willing to admit to it. Uh, so, so yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, Flanders and Homer ruin everything, and eventually they say that the fruit of my loins can beat the fruit of your loins any day of the week, and Homer decides to use Bart in like this weird revenge fantasy he has to unseat Flanders from what his lofty position that Homer imagines him at. That's how kids who get signed up for peewee leagues that's why they get signed up, right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I don't have kids, but I'm imagining that's why you do it. I, I mean, like, you know, especially when the kid isn't interested in that kind of stuff, because, like, that happened to me when I was a kid. I got forced into soccer and... I mean, I'm not a big sports guy anyway. Like, I, I, I played, you know, like in elementary school quite a bit, you know, different games. But, uh, yeah, it, it was like I was super young and I just did not want to be there. I was also forced into soccer. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I played soccer and I went home one day and I was like, I don't want to play soccer. And I went home and played Mega Man soccer. <laughs> I vividly remember playing Mega Man soccer after soccer practice and be like, wow, this is so much cooler. I wish I had a Mega Buster. <laughs> so... So, uh, 
you know, we, we transitioned to uh, the Simpsons being back home. And, and Bart says he's never won anything in his life. But Homer tells him it's not okay to lose. Proud parenting moment there. Uh, there are parents who still do that to their kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's... Not good. Not no. great. Not great. Uh, so... Uh, Homer wants Bart to start taking this seriously, and he decides that he has to name his putter. And I, uh, I, you know, Homer's like, you know, and the it's it's you know what violins call their you know vi- or the the violin guy calls his violin, and uh, Bart comes up with Mister Putter. Homer says, no, 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 has to be a woman's name. Bart's like, why? And he's like, it just does. And he says. I'm going to name it mom. <laughs> he tells him, he tells Bart he's an idiot and he's naming it Charlene. Now, it's a, I mean, like the aside, just ignoring the fact that like it has to be a woman's name, sort of that like woman possession type stuff. Like that's, that's off, like off right off the bat. But it's so weird that Homer's like his methods for like getting Bart to be good at putt putt. Is that he's going to have have him his son name his his putter? Well, like, yeah, it's got to be an extension of you, so you got to name her. It's weird. It's real weird. I name all my stuff. Do you? Yeah, of course. My DS is Katie. <laughs> my DS lights Katrina. <laughs> um, my three DS is Catherine. Listen, I'm sick and tired of hearing, <laughs> your, hearing about your handheld Nintendo systems. So and the Katie naming scheme, apparently. Yeah, that's also weird. Uh, so I, uh, so Homer is 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 told that he's warping Bart's mind, and he's like, and I, uh, and it's just like Homer's just kind of being a giant jerk. So Homer does give some decent training to Bart for this. Yeah. He gives him something that I use every day in my life. Oh, yeah? He forces a picture of Todd up on the wall, and he says, you're going to stare at your enemy for 15 minutes every day. Is that why my picture's on your wall? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I stare at it every day, just angrily, for 15 minutes. <laughs> that, that sounds right. I... Uh, so, Homer, uh, as he's, like, arguing with Marge, uh, uh, as Bart's awkwardly staring at Todd's picture, uh, says that sometimes the only way you can feel good about yourself is by making someone else look bad. And Homer is tired of making others feel good about themselves. You know, it's a line like that like almost makes you feel bad for Homer in this case. Almost. Almost. <laughs> almost. Uh, and so, I... Uh, uh, Bart is what he's like in Lisa's room looking at her trophies, right? Yeah, he looks at her trophies and he's kind kind of getting a little jealous that he doesn't have anything for his own. Oh no, it's his it, it is his own trophies, but they're all for participation. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, and uh, he asks Lisa what the piece in chess is that doesn't matter, and Lisa says that while a black headed bishop is of little value, Bart is uh, referring to a pawn. I uh, I looked it up online and I wasn't able to find the phrase black headed. Bishop. It's uh, block-headed. Block-headed. Okay. So a bl- I would imagine a block-headed vi- bishop has got to be when the bishop is on, like, you know, a dark square and, you know, the the opposing pieces are all on, like, the light square so you can't do anything with them. Is that what it would be? I would imagine a block-headed one is one that you use to block someone's position. I don't know chess very well. I mean, I play chess. Yeah. But I don't know terms for chess. Okay. I, would, I would assume it's a bishop that you would move out to block someone, and you're not really you're blockheaded. You don't think of things, so you make stupid mistakes with them. That could be. I yeah. For any any of our uh, uh, fans out there who are 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 really big into chess, by all means, reach out to us, uh, whether it's on Discord, Facebook group, etc., and uh, absolutely let us know what that is because uh, I I wasn't able to find much on the the term, but I was probably just spelling it wrong. So uh, knight is what is the worst, most useless piece in chess. <laughs> I beg your pardon. It's the little horsey boy who hops around. You can't predict the knight. You could predict the knight. It's called stupidity because it makes L's. What kind of a knight is drunk and makes L's? Don Quixote. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Uh, so Lisa's glad, though, that Homer has no interest in anything she does so that she doesn't have to worry about him getting involved. Uh, but Lisa says that she'll train him. 
she takes Bart somewhere specific to train him. Uh, there's a sign on the wall that says, Give a hoot, read a book with Krusty the Clown on it. It's the library. This might be the saddest scene in all of The Simpsons to me. That everyone knows Lisa? Everyone knows Lisa at the library, and Bart doesn't understand what a library is. <laughs> Yeah, Bart is a little unfamiliar with the card catalog system. He doesn't understand that you can just borrow the books by renting them out. Uh, It's kind of sad. So Lisa goes through the card catalog, and uh, golf is apparently associated with Eisenhower and a Japanese obsession with it. Uh, I wasn't really aware that there was, like, you know, a Japanese obsession. I know that they're big into, like, baseball. Oh, golf is huge in Japan. Golf's also huge. Well, I'll be dang. A lot of Japanese businessmen actually come to America to golf. Hmm, well, I'll be dang. Uh, now, uh, the uh, they borrow a bunch of books on, uh, like, what is it? Like, geometry, golf in general, a whole bunch of stuff. And the final book they borrow is the Tao Te Ching by Lao Zi. Are you familiar with the Tao Te Ching? I am, but for our listeners, go on. Yeah, so uh, the Tao Te Ching is uh, 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 essentially just this, like uh, the the sort of like the the origins of Taoism, uh, 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 written by Lao Lao Zi, uh, Lao Shi. I might be mispronouncing that, so my apologies for butchering any of the pronunciations here. I, uh, but I, uh, so. Taoism is a really interesting uh, uh, belief system. It's sort of like a uh, a belief in the natural, not going against the natural order and following what's called Wu Wei uh, or action without intention. Uh, there's actually a uh, one of my favorite books of all time is the Tao of Pu, uh, written by Benjamin Hoff. Uh, it's a book that sort of takes the Eastern belief system of Taoism and it just sort of puts it in the perspective of Winnie the Pooh. You lent me this book before. It is, yeah, and it's a great yeah. book, right? It's a fantastic book. It's a great read. It's not a very long book either, and and it's kind of nice for sort of helping you kind of get a little perspective and and you know sort of ground yourself because you know there are so many times when when people are having a hard time in life because there are so many things outside of their control, and Taoism is interesting because it just sort of lets you handle what you can handle and you just sort of let other things roll off you kind of yeah uh it, it's pretty interesting so i definitely recommend that book if you are interested in taoism uh but uh it's kind of the attitude i give towards everything or as people say sean you really don't give a damn about this to you and i say <laughs> yep yep that's it so uh so lisa starts training bart and she tries to get him to empty his mind uh but bart doesn't really understand the concept of emptying your mind so when she asks like what the uh, sound of one hand clapping is yeah he just sort of like slaps his fingers into the palm of his hand and lisa's trying to like get him to clear his mind and stuff so so she gets mad and she says no 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 she says you know if a tree falls in the forest how can it make a sound and bart's like well easy it's like And she's like, no, how can sound exist if there's no one there to hear it? And that triggers in Bart's head, and he's able to clear his thoughts. And uh, and Lisa then says, all right, it's time. Now, I'm impressed because I, I uh, or, or rather I should say Bart is impressed, uh, that there's a practical use for geometry. So they go through a training montage at this scene. Uh-huh. And there's one thing that stands out to me. Mm-hmm. Bart's practicing putting on a pool table. That is one of the spots they go to in their uh, montage. And Krusty the Clown is one of the people who is pissed off that Bart is standing on the pool table. Yeah, Krusty without his makeup and some dude take them off the pool table so that they can play pool. That's a weird scene. That always stuck out to me. Yeah, it is real weird. Uh, did you also see who's in the background? Who's in the background of that? Uh... Uh, Jimbo, Kearney, and Dolph are playing pool as well. Yeah, that makes sense. It does, but I mean, they are kids, so it's a little weird that they're there. Yeah, I hung out in pool halls when I was too young to be there. Did your dad bring you there? No. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Yes. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) Knew it. Uh, So they go through a training montage, and uh, Bart... It cuts to a scene of Bart, like, in the crane position on a garbage can in the front yard? Yeah, very karate kid. Yes, yes, very karate kid. Uh, 
and and Homer freaks out because he's embarrassed. But really, Bart is like, I mean, Lisa is the best coach Bart could have. Like, she knows her brother. She knows how to bring out his potential. And, like, they're doing pretty good. Like, you know, Bart starts getting pretty good at uh, putt-putt. And Homer, of course, is going to wreck everything. He takes Bart off the garbage can. And Flanders walks out. And, yeah, Flanders uh, and him have another argument. And this gets to one of the most awkward moments of the episode. Mm-hmm. So they're arguing. And they both kind of bet that their kids are going to win. Uh, I believe uh, uh, Homer says something of the, the the lines of like, you know, my son can beat your son's ugly butt. And where it gets disturbing to me mm-hmm. is they offer up what they're going to give if their kid loses. Uh-huh. Flanders offers that he'll give one of his wife's homemade wind chimes. <laughs> He's going to force his wife to make a wind chime for somebody for a bet. I mean, but Flanders can't bet money because it's illegal. So so he's not going to bet money. So he's going to make his wife do something for him? No, maybe this is a wind chime that's already been made. Okay, maybe, maybe. Maybe. I, I, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. You're, you're not wrong. It is kind of crooked. It's, it's kind of crooked of Flanders. It's like one of those times where Flanders kind of cracks a little bit. It, it, well, and he also is betting in against what? Uh, Marge's pl- like, whole, like blueberry muffins? I, I'm not going to lie, Sean. I... Like, I, I realize this is very short-sighted because they won't last long, but I think I would take the muffins over the uh, wind chime. Oh, you're a fool. I'd take the wind chime. Wind chimes are awesome. I like wind chimes, but you know what? They ain't filled with blueberries. Yeah, well, blueberries suck, so... What? Yeah, they're low tier on the muffin scale. Give me some lemon poppy seed or bran. Oh, no. Bran. You disgust me, Sean. Brand muffins are you delicious. You had me at lemon poppy seed. You had me. All you had to do was end it there. Brand muffins are delicious, and you know it. Well, I'm not 80, so I don't like brand muffins that much. Cream cheese muffins. I mean, everything's better than a blueberry muffin. Blueberry muffin is the low tier. It is the plain donut of donuts. No way. Brand muffins are the plain donut of the muffin tier. You're a madman. Brand muffins keep you regular. Bran muffins I'll have when I'm dying. Bran is delicious. Until then, I'm eating blueberries. I will eat a bowl of all bran in front of you just to upset you. You disgust me. So Keep your <sighs> sugar cereal. I'll have my all bran. Oh, I hate you, Sean. I hate you tons. Uh, <clears throat> so Flanders starts throwing shade, and he calls Homer a jackaninny, which is a made-up word. But, I mean, it's kind of harsh. But not as harsh as the word loser, apparently. Because they make a contract. Yeah, they make a full-on contract that they have an arbitration for. Mm-hmm. Yep, they have Marge step in to, to write it out. And uh, specifically, Ned Flanders doesn't like the word loser, though. So it has to be the, the child of the parent who, or the parent of the child who doesn't win. And that's a big distinction between loser. Uh, so uh, Marge hopes that blood won't be needed to sign it. And she's getting pretty mad. And Homer says, I'm game if you are Flanders. <laughs> and that's twisted. But Flanders signs it, walks out, and immediately is sad. And he says, what have I done? Homer brings out the worst in Flanders, and we're going to see that later in the series as well. A few times, honestly. Yeah, we see it a lot, actually. Homer brings out the worst in a lot of people, and it makes you wonder, to some degree, would Marge have been a better person if it wasn't for Homer in her life? 100%. (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad that you helped prove my argument. 100%. There's there's no (laughs) argument. She would have gone off to do something that made her creative. like Or be a president. Yeah. (laughs) So... So this uh, dream is over, <laughs> Colonel Cleek. Why have you forsaken me? So Homer brings out the worst in Flanders, Marge, but kind of also Bart. Like Bart's, like Bart's training that Lisa helped bring out the best in him is sort of not undone, but like it, it's it's sort of like squandered by the fact that Homer isn't very good at being a trainer, at yeah. least not for Bart. I. Uh, also, Homer watches him sleep. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I, are you sure? It's your kid. You watch your kid sleep. Do you, though? 
You don't have kids and I don't have kids either. So I'm putting this to our listeners. If you're a parent and your child is not a baby, if your child is 10 years old, do you watch your kids sleep? Yeah, you check in on them. I imagine it's completely normal. Checking in and watching your child sleep are totally different things. Because here's the thing. It'd be different if Homer peeked in, looked in, saw his son sleeping peacefully and closed the door. He's sitting in a chair at the foot of his bed watching him. I've done that to people before. Yeah. And then they put in restraining orders, which is why we don't have a third host, because you got rid of them by watching them sleep, Sean. (laughs) So so, uh, the next morning, uh, after Homer tells Bart that he was just watching him sleep, uh, uh, Homer's reading a Marmaduke comic. Now, Marmaduke, Sean... Of course, I had to look this up. Uh, it's a comic that ran from 1954 to the current day about the Winslow family and their great Dane. Uh, Brad Anderson passed away, uh, who you know created it, and so his son Paul uh, has taken over. And so to this day, there's still Marmaduke comics. Huh. I didn't know Brad Anderson had passed away. Oh, yeah. The original creator uh, uh, had, had passed. Um, I, did you, were you ever a fan of Marmaduke? No, not really. Family Circus and Marmaduke never did it for me. Yeah. I was a Peanuts guy. The depressing tales of Peanuts and Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, yeah. Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, can't beat that. Garfield. You know what comics sucked? The King Arthur one. Dude, you bite your tongue. The King Arthur one was dope. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was lame. It got me into fantasy. If the... That got you into fantasy? That's definitely one of the things that got me into fantasy. Like, Robin Hood was one of my favorite Disney movies. I was, like, at that age where I was like, yeah, knights are cool. I mean, knights are cool, but, man, you know who isn't? King Arthur, that stupid comic. Listen, he wasn't a bunch of football players who went to (laughs) Camelot and became sweet knights. I'll give you that. (laughs) Privy, my prince, what are we doing today? We're going to discuss financial trade. Oh, good heavens, there's the end of the comic. It snuck up on us again. (laughs) That's like every single comic from that series. You just made that comic look so much better. (laughs) It looks like a bad Monty Python skit, so... Oh, good heavens. Oh, no. So, so, anyway, I... Lisa starts quizzing Bart on strategy. So you can still see that Lisa's still bringing out Bart's best. And she starts asking him, like, where to bank shots off and stuff. And Bart's got it on lockdown. And uh, Marge says that she's going to uh, uh, or has cooked up Bart a steak for breakfast, steak and eggs. And there's something great here. There's a word that Lisa uses that I always I always thought was so funny And to this day, I still use it every so often, knowing that it is such a weird word. She says, no, mom, steak will make him logie. I love that word so much. It's weird that she says that he should have oats and not steak and eggs, because a protein breakfast is actually a really good breakfast for doing activities. I think it is. Yeah, it's I mean, protein is definitely going to help out. I I. I mean, oatmeal is a complex carbohydrate. It's not just, like, regular carbs. So at least it's better than, like, I don't know, like, cinnamon rolls or something. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I uh, mean, he could have had a bran muffin and been okay. You just don't know when to quit, do you, Sean? Bran muffins are delicious. And I'm going to make you eat them. I'm going to make you eat a bran muffin and love every second of it. You just don't know when to fucking quit, do you? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> they go to the... They go to the event, and uh, KBBL is there. Uh, that's the news station, or uh, the radio station that uh, uh, we see throughout the series. But it's not Bill and Marty who are hosting. No, it's not. It's two British guys. Two British guys who are really into the game of miniature golf. <laughs> Super into miniature golf. Uh, oh, also, when you uh, see the scene of them talking, in the background, you can see the Merlin's video dungeon. Uh, you can see like there's a plate glass window, and kids are playing arcade games. So one scene that always depressed me as a kid, and uh-huh. it depresses me even more as an adult, yeah, is Lisa gives Bart words of encouragement for this game. Mm-hmm. And she says, I don't know if this is how they should sound, having never received them as my own. <laughs> That's so sad. It really is. And it, and it shows that Lisa is sort of the forgotten middle child, uh, because, you know, Lisa's very gifted. 
she's definitely very intelligent. Uh, she she has more of a, a knack for for you know philosophical things and, and analytical things. All you know all this uh, stuff. And Homer's not into that. Homer doesn't care that she's amazing at the saxophone. He doesn't care that she's smart. It just does not matter to Homer. And to some degree, you know, you can appreciate the fact that a parent is going to love their child no matter what. But you also need to help push your child forward in life and, and help them out and, and, and give them advice and, and uh, encourage them, give them a lot of encouragement, no matter what their interests are. Because, you know, like, and I'm sure the same thing happened to you when you were younger from at least some family members where it's like, you're really into video games and stuff. I have never received a word of encouragement my entire life. Well, wonderful. This is a great example <laughs> then. Uh, and, you know, you, you're you into video games and stuff and like, you know, you hear from like adults and stuff and it's like, oh, but, you know, you can't do anything with that. And it's like, yeah, okay, fair enough. It's not easy to do things with, but it doesn't mean that you should be crushing the kids' dreams. That was every day of my childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a depressing childhood. Whatever, Sean, get over it. <laughs> you had the same same issue. <laughs> You're not wrong. So, so uh, did you see the uh, the kids who dropped out of the tournament? No, I didn't see who dropped out. It took me way too long of pausing and trying to like figure out who the names were because it was kind of blurry. Uh, so some of the names are familiar. Uh, some are not. We have names like Monroe. Don't know who that is. Prince. Mar- Monroe. Marvin Monroe's evil child. Oh, maybe that is Monroe's kid. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize Monroe had a kid. Interesting. Uh, Prince. Oh. So we have Martin there who dropped out. Uh, Wiggum. So Ralph was there, uh, Melon, Long, and Camille. I don't know who th- those three are. Camille? Camille's a man's name, and I'm a man! A <laughs> uh, little Gundam reference for you guys, because uh, I, I know that's what you tune in for. Uh, so uh, They're just waiting for us to get to Gundam every week. They're like, when are they going to get to the Gundam episodes? <laughs> <laughs> they talk about Gundam so much, I'm sure they're going to cover it in an episode later. Uh, so I... I we get to see a power move by Flanders, too. So when Homer and Flanders are arguing and uh, Homer's like uses the uh, uh, expression times infinity, Flanders then responds uh, uh, infinity or, plus, or times infinity plus one. And Homer is immediately crushed and defeated by that. I always argued when I was younger, by the way, when people would be like, infinity plus one, infinity plus two, I'd always end it there and be like, no, 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 infinity plus one is the final victor. You can't have anything more than infinity plus one. The Simpsons proved it. And they'd be like, that doesn't make sense. I'd be like, shut up, it's the Simpsons. So I was always kind of a math geek as a child. Oh, yeah? A geek? You? Yeah. (laughs) No way. (laughs) So people would always bring up that a jillion is not a number. Uh Uh-huh. The numerical system is infinite. Sure. Meaning every possibility is a number. Craig is the name of a number. Oh, man. I hope Sean it's a big number. Sean is the name of a number. I hope Craig. Gamezilla is the name of a number because every possibility eventually will happen. I hope that Craig's a bigger number than Sean. <laughs> we'll never know. Uh, so we have a lot of people in the crowd, by the way. Did you catch some of the, uh, the people uh, there? Who do you got in the crowd, Craig? We have uh, Principal Skinner. And Krabappel, who seemingly came together because they're next to each other, I believe. We also have Largo, the music teacher, and Otto. Yeah, the school came out in force to watch this. I mean, but it's not a school of then. But all right, fair enough. Maybe they're all friends. Maybe they actually like some of these children. Now that I don't believe. Like, Otto could be there for Bart. I could see Otto coming. For- okay, yeah. I, I mean, Otto seems to like Bart. I mean, I'll give you that. If Otto wasn't hungover in the morning when this tournament was going <laughs> hungover on. Hungover or high. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, Homer starts screaming that mercy is for the weak. Uh, uh, and let's see. Oh, uh, we noticed Todd has an engraved putter with his own name on it. I. Uh, and the announcer says that if you look up courage in the dictionary, you might see a photo of these two gladiators uh, under the shadow of the great emancipator because they're at the butt butt hole with a giant ape Lincoln. That is such a good line. Oh, and their their line is their lines are about to get a little bit uh, uh, controversial here in a, a few minutes. So uh, they they're playing against each other and they're like neck and neck, right? Yeah, they're going back and forth. And Homer eventually yells out, remember what Vince Lombardi said, if you lose, you're out of the family. (laughs) 
Which is weird because when I went up, I tried to find like a quote that that's not an actual quote by Vince Lombardi. And all I could find were things that were vaguely similar, but nothing that extreme. So I don't know if I just couldn't find the right quote or if Vince Lombardi never said that. Not sure. I'm going to lean towards never said that. Probably. Uh, By the way, for our listeners who aren't aware, Vince Lombardi is like a legendary coach who, you know, became really popular. Uh, So the... The, the final hole, it's they're, they're tied, and Bart and Todd are, like, having, like, oh, near panic attacks. They're, like, anxiety levels are through the roof. They don't want to lose, but they also don't want to, like, you know, like, keep going. They just kind of want to quit. Yeah. I mean, they are pretty stressed out. They look mm-hmm. at each other in this scene, and they kind of realize the other person is feeling the exact same way. So, so they do quit. Yeah, they call it quits. They they just decided to tie, and I. Uh, they they at first the announcers aren't sure what to do with this, and like the rule, like the the people at the tournament decide are like thinking about it, and they decide that a tie is allowed, and the the one of the announcers says, "Forgive this old Brit for crying, but he hasn't seen gallantry and sportsmanship since uh, Mountbatten gave India back to the Punjabs." Now, of course, I had to look this up. Of course, you did. So, ah, the irony here is that there was no real gallantry when Britain gave back India, as Britain decided it kind of didn't want anything to do with all the strife it was laying on the table. So essentially what happened, Sean, because you're not, I I wouldn't imagine you're super familiar with like when like England gave India back to India, right? No. So uh, essentially what happened was is uh, uh, two countries got created, India and Pakistan. Uh, Depending on whether they were Muslim or Hindu is where they ended up. 14 million people apparently were displaced. And do you know how Pakistan and India don't really get along these days? Yeah. Yeah. So basically Britain saw the chaos that was coming and they were like, here you go. Here's your country back. We used all your riches. We're out. And India got the hell out. Or I'm sorry. England got the hell out of there. India got their country back, which is swell. But India and Pakistan would would just to this day have bad blood. They're per, like perpetually dealing with like you know like war is almost always like on the cusp of happening with India and Pakistan. So there's no real gallantry in what Britain did. Like yeah, they gave their country back to them, but this jerk at this little kid putt putt tournament, it's just dropped this really weird thing to say. It's real weird. I mean, he's British, so anything that the British Empire lost is considered noble to them. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll grant you that. I mean, I went to England three, four years ago now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I remember it would have been three years ago because it was right before the election. Uh-huh. And I remember the guy looking at us. He goes, man, bet you wish you were still part of us, huh? <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's still alive. This is like, what, 200-something years later? Okay. <sighs> Listen, England, uh, we love you, you know, but uh, you were kind of a jerk. You kind of owned the world at one point, and uh, you got a little entitled. Yeah, let's just say we Brexited you. (laughs) That's enough topical stuff for one day. (laughs) So each of the kids get $25, and I, I... you know, Flanders is like, you know, oh, it looks like, you know, uh, oh, that's right, because we didn't mention what the deal was, yeah. is that uh, uh, the the father of the child who doesn't win, because Flanders doesn't like the word loser, would have to wear their wife's Sunday best and mow the lawn, mow each other's lawn. What a shitty bet. You're going to ruin your wife's dress. Uh-huh, and that's what Marge is concerned about when when this deal is made, that she's like, oh, my Sunday best of dress. Of course she is. It's going to be in the lawn mowing. Mm-hmm. Homer is not her size. He's nope. going to stretch that thing out and ruin it. Uh-huh. He's just ruining her dress. And so Flanders is like, hey, at least we don't have to worry about that silly bet. But Homer is very spiteful. And he says, no, 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 no. The deal was that the 
father of the child who doesn't win and none of the children won. And he's like, yeah, but then we're going to have to wear a dress. And Homer's like, if I go down, I'm taking you with me. And so we see at the end of the episode, Homer and Flanders in dresses mowing the lawn and Flanders laughs and says that it's reminding him of his fraternity days. And we'd eventually learn that uh, uh, Flanders was uh, a part of a fraternity. Uh, he, he helped out like the, the star, uh, uh, what is it, the star quarterback on the uh, Springfield's football team? I don't remember. I believe that's what it was. Uh, but Lisa says that she has a feeling that she'll be describing this to a psychiatrist one day. And Homer is... Uh, uh, pretty upset at the end of the episode because Flanders is kind of getting a kick out of this, how ridiculous it is, and Homer is miserable mowing the lawn in a dress, being laughed at. With his push mower. With his push mower. And that's the end of the episode. So what's the lasting impact for you? Because I know what I've got for this one. So what do you have, uh, 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 Sean? Because uh, honestly, for me, this is sort of like a, a, a I would say it's probably like the the first real Homer versus Flanders episode. I, I think that's probably my last. That's impact. exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Is it sets up the rivalry between the Flanders and the Simpsons? And it's funny because it's a rivalry really only viewed as a rivalry by Homer. Yeah, Flanders does not consider Homer a rival. He doesn't consider him an enemy. He considers him a friend. And Homer perpetually throughout the series is just a rotten jerk to Flanders. He imagines him like his house burning down. He imagines him like dying in fires and like having his business go out of or going out of business and all these horrible things. And it's usually only in a moment of clarity when Homer realizes, oh, wait, no, this is wrong. Or, oh, wait, this guy's okay. I mean, even then, Homer takes advantage of Flanders. We'll see throughout the series. Mm -hmm. Flanders offers up his beach house to Homer, and Homer makes him clean out his septic tank in order to go to this beach house for his vacation yeah. that he's offering up. Because Homer's doing him such a favor by going to Flanders' like beach house. Man, yeah, Homer is just such a jerk. Such a jerk. Flanders is such a good guy. He really is. Why can't the world be more like Ned Flanders? If everyone was like Ned Flanders, there'd be no need for heaven, Sean. We'd already be there. <laughs> so that is uh, the Dead Putting Society. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. And I uh, uh, do make sure that if you want more content from uh, Sean and I to make sure to check out uh, the GameZilla Patreon page. So if you go to uh, patreon.com slash GameZilla Media, you're going to be able to sign up for uh, a series of perks. And one of those perks for $5 a month gets you Smartline, our special bi-monthly episode where uh, Sean and I discuss different topics. Uh, recently, Sean, what were some of the topics we've uh, been covering lately? Um, well, we did. We've done characters. So we've mm -hmm. done the whole Simpsons family we've been going through. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we've done things like um, we've got an upcoming one about commercials the Simpsons are in. We've done ones where we've talked about Simpsons mania, things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been a ton of fun. Make sure to uh, check that out. And uh, otherwise, uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for listening.